Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast by Wales Online. I'm Ben James. Tonight I'm joined by Matthew Southcombe and Andy Howell to look back on Wales's final game of the autumn campaign. And uh, for the fourth time this autumn, uh, we're looking back on a win. This time against South Africa. It's a pretty, uh, pretty pleasant feeling, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. Um, can't be too disheartened after that. Nine in a row, four out of four. Um, Healy days. Um, can't really quibble too much. That's their best win out of the nine so far. Um, that was a proper, proper test match. Um, South Africa were the side that we thought they were coming into this. It's the best South African side that has come up here for a few years. Um, you know, it's well documented. They've brought up some pretty poor sides in years gone by, but that was a proper test match. And Wales had to dig deep at times. They showed a lot of different things that um, answered a few questions. As Gatlin said, got themselves in a hole and dug themselves out of it. And, um, and that's a great quality to have. So um, yeah, moving forward, there's not too many things that would uh, that are cause for concern. Yeah, let's let's be honest. There's only there's only one place to start, isn't it? And it he, he would have he would have dominated headlines had he not got injured in the final moments, just because of his performance. Um, but the unfortunate nature is he did get injured. That's Ellis Jenkins, isn't it? it well, that is a cause for concern, isn't it? Massive cause for concern because he had a fantastic game. Called up late on because Dan Lydiot dropped out. Started the game blindside flanker when arguably he's an open side, and then played. 69 minutes of the match at number 8 packed down at number 8 and did Wales miss Ross Moriarty? no, no they never young Aaron Wainwright came on also had a good game but Ellis Jenkins was masterful his, uh, his uh, play for creating Thomas's Francis um, uh, try was out the top draw the way he slowed drew the man wait for the support and had the ball to the world to put Francis over then that try saving tattle and he held up was a creel Creel, yeah, Jesse Creel, a couple of turnovers as well, and he was just into it. He was just in everything. He was unstoppable, and what he's got—he's a warrior, but he's also got a fantastic rugby brain. He reads the game so well. So he, even though Wales have got depth in the back row, he is going to be a a miss because the bloke is a winner. Simple as whoever he plays for. Yeah, no, it was—it was obviously. Really disappointing uh, for him personally, and it's, it's it's not a nice part of our job either to to have to report on these sorts of things. And you know, I always I always say that one of the worst days I've had in the job was that Italy game before the World Cup, um, when we lost Webb and Halfpenny, um, two really nasty injuries at the at the wrong time. And um, yeah, you know, he was down for a while, and in the last few minutes of the game, and um, he knew it was bad, and. You know, you just feel for him, and we wish him the best. And um, you know, you kind of because we don't always get a look behind the curtain in this job, but we get a you know we're privileged to be in a good position to know how hard these players work. And and um, he's worked his way back from a really nasty hamstring injury last year. Um, as Warren Gatland alluded to, it's it's a really big year for everyone, um, and and you always worry about injuries, and, and you hope they don't happen. But unfortunately, this has come for him. And uh, like I said, we just wish him all the best. Um, talking about his performance, he was the top tackler, as you said, and he was into everything. Um, held up Creel over the line, 
then won the turnover to end the first half in a massive moment of the game that was if South Africa had scored there you know it changes and, and it was a massive moment for Wales not to concede any points at that time uh, just allowed them to carry that gap into half time and, and that was huge so yeah and we know you know he set up Thomas Francis to try brilliantly and you know he's just a brilliant footballer in that sense um, but yeah like you said I was thinking as well during the game Wales are, are, are without their first two choice uh, number eight and um, we're still not really struggling and in years gone by that hasn't been the case in a number of positions so you know it says a lot about where Wales are and you know he's playing out of position as well doing that so yeah you know a great performance and obviously the, the worst possible ending for him but we hope it's not as bad as it looks yeah. I wonder as well Aaron Wainwright let's give him a mention yeah. he's yeah. just a kid nobody heard of him a year ago mm. he's called up for the bench today because of the Lydia and now that's been uh, promoted Comes on after eleven minutes, and he plays like a season campaigner. Mm. You know, you, you know, he, he definitely he's really putting down a marker to perhaps make that World Cup squad. Yeah. And now with Ellis being injured, it's uh, you know, it's, perhaps there's going to be more chances uh, for him. It's going to be really interesting to see if Gatlin goes with like an old stager like Lydiat or an up and comer. Yeah, well, I mentioned I got Wayne right down here to mention as well because. You know, in, this morning he wasn't in the squad. Yeah. Um, you know, he gets called up, and then suddenly he's playing what, like seventy odd minutes against South Africa, and easily you know he was easily he was blowing. His, you know, easily his biggest test as well, wasn't it? You know, yeah, he's yeah. Never, yeah. never played in anything like this. Uh, so that was a real baptism of fire for him, and you know he, he was blowing at half time, and obviously had to dig in because he was in for the long haul and, and did brilliantly. Yeah, he's didn't a, didn't take a backward step with uh, Vermeulen either when things got a bit niggly. So yeah. he's got a bit of bit of that about him as well, which is nice. Yeah, he's a real athlete, isn't he? And he's mm. got a great engine, and he also it's another one who's intelligent, knows the game. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good starting point. I think we'd be seeing a lot more of him. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll stay in the pack because someone who pushed uh, Ellis Jenkins <coughs> pretty close from out of the match, Alan Jones. Oh yeah, unbelievable. He just never, never seems to sort of no. dip or drop, does he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, like, because well, I, I was doing the live updates today, and you all know when you do the live updates, it's sometimes you're looking at your laptop more and you're looking at the game at times. But every time I looked up, he was he was into the, into something. Uh, he was Wales' top carrier today. Didn't make a lot of yards, but what, what that says is they go, they're running into brick walls at times. And obviously South Africa, a very physical side, but you just... And he, he always seemed to make, if he was stopped on the game line, he'd just make a yard or two, and it just puts Wales back on the front foot. You know, in breaks of play towards the end, he was down on one knee, taking some heavy breaths, uh, understandably so, because the, the work that he went through today was absolutely incredible. Yeah, he sets a standard and commands respect, doesn't he? You know, um, with his teammates, they all play for him. He's an inspiration. And uh, you can see the opposition, they, you know, they want to get into him, don't they? Mm. Try and put him off because see that today South Africa was, uh, you know, they 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 like a bit of intimidation and they were trying to get into the Wales boys yeah. and he was at the uh, he was the one who wanted, <laughs> yeah. But you know he uh, as always he stood up to him didn't he and like he don't mind a bit of uh, uh, no, a, a bit of squaring up himself. So yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah, quite a way to mark 120 Test caps, wasn't it? Mm, it was, and it, you know it's just, it's just says well, a lot about him, doesn't it? What I like about him. Is the last couple of years started in 2016? How he's developed, still developed his game, yeah. even at that age, because he's brought an offloading game. His mm. passing game has improved immeasurably. Yeah. And today, when he's making those runs, 
he's looking isn't he to get that extra yard and yeah. offload the ball he was still he's really come on big time in that, those skills there was one example quite early on where he made a half, sort of half break and he's got the ball in one hand and if he throws it, throws the offload straight away is a South African defender tracking back who could intercept it but he didn't he held on for just a second longer found a Wales player and it, and it almost resulted in Wales making some serious serious ground uh, I think that after a pass or two then the move sort of broke down but that, that led to something and and the more you you get those little sparks, the more obviously the more chances you create. And just such an intelligent rugby player in that regard, as well as having the engine and the dog and and all that stuff to go with it. That, that brings us quite nicely onto another point today, which was first twenty minutes particularly. I, I can't remember a Wales performance where we've seen Wales pass with such accuracy mm. in such a sort of high pressure sort of environment. Yeah. Well, you know they've they've been. That started number ten. Yeah, with his passing game and te- and te- and and his probing and uh, taking on the South Africans and making them honest. And he, you know he's an accurate passer off both hands and over short or long, and he gets players playing off him. But he, he but he is testing the opposition, isn't he? And I thought they yeah they passed better today than they have for uh, for oh, a long time. Mm. You know, probably since Reese Priestland was at his best. Yeah, nothing to add to that. There we go. Lovely <laughs> Yeah. Well, you, you touched on Gareth Anscombe there briefly. What, what do we make of uh, his performance today? Because probably well, he, on the whole, I think it was a pretty good showing. Obviously, there was a couple of uh, the copybook, a couple of missed mm. touches from yeah. a penalty, one missed <coughs> penalty, and sort of late in the second half, there was a few sort of pullback passes, which were just more like hospital passes, weren't there? He was a bit of a mixed bag, but you know he had a he, he created Liam Williams's uh, try and he had a hand in uh, <coughs> excuse me Thomas Ramsey's. <coughs> so he did offer his I think his positives outweighed the negatives. Uh, yeah, there was those blemishes with those kicks to touch early on, but was it a case of he was trying for too much distance and in future he needs to play the percentages a bit at the early stages of a game and uh, put the forwards on the front uh, front foot. Um, so you know he, he'll learn from it but uh, what was nice was it Wales got a bit of a contrast there haven't they between him and uh, and Bigger and uh, let's not talk about Reese Patchell at a minute but uh, with Bigger then you've got Bigger who can come on and he's perfect for defending a lead mm. now maybe Bigger's not so, wouldn't be so good coming on if he were chasing the game and got a score tries but coming on to do that today and you knew if he had a penalty that Bigger's going to nail it because he has got that temperament no yeah. fair play to the book and uh, um, so he, it worked well today. Uh, it reminded me a bit of Ireland under Gatland, uh, uh, actually. When Ireland under Gatland. Ireland under oh, Gatland. Okay. When he used to use um, uh, David Humphreys, who was a veteran outside half, and, and Ronan O'Gara was only about 20, 21. Gatland uh, uh, capped him, and he used to um, O'Gara start the match, play 60 minutes, and then he'd bring on David Humphreys or, uh, or vice uh, versa. And it helped also help that helped as well bring O'Gara on when he was a starter. We know what a good player he became. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's is doing a similar sort of thing. I mean, Anscombe certainly put his hand up for the Six Nations to start because, as I keep saying, it doesn't matter if something happened to Dan Bigger now. If he t- turned up for the World Cup for the first game, it'd be the same Dan Bigger as we saw today. Bloke was full of confidence to come on and would do a job. Yeah, I think if you look at the fly half thing as a whole, uh, 
nothing's really become clearer for Gatland. It, it was probably more of a two-horse race heading into the autumn, with Anscan probably be a little bit out of the picture with Patchell having done so well in the summer. Uh, now it's now it's a three-horse race, so if anything, this autumn's created more more problems for Gatland, which is nice. Um, Anscombe today, I thought, like Andy said, he had a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, you know, he was challenged on his kicking by Gatland before the game, and you know he wanted to know how he stood up to the the pressures of Test Test rugby in that regard. And he hit the post; he's missed touch twice. Um, so you know that that might count against him in Gatland's book because he's going to be marked very harshly. Obviously, uh, they want perfection, as do all coaches. Um, but yeah, in general, I thought he played well. Obviously. Um, Wales scored some decent tries in the first half. Um, Anscombe did put a lovely cross kick in in the second half as well that North claimed and popped back inside and nearly set Wales through, but uh, came back for a forward pass. So there's things for him to be happy about, the things for him that he probably feels like he'd be a bit disappointed with. Um, game management was brought up after the game as it always has been in the autumn. It's been coming up a lot. Um and for my money, Wales were on their way to losing that game before the halfbacks were changed. Um, I thought the introduction of Bigger and Thomas Williams changed the momentum and the flow of the second half. Bigger was clearly put on to kick the leather off it, and it was the right thing to do. And South Africa made errors from it, and it probably came a bit easier than they than Wales were expecting in the end. Um, but Bigger was put on clearly to pin the South Africans back, and it just so happened that they were coughing up the ball. And, and couldn't secure it, you know. And in my book, right, if 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 that if this was a football match and a coach made those two substitutions and they had that effect on the game, that would be deemed a masterstroke. And we don't really give the coaches in rugby that kind of credit. And so I think those substitutions today were were perfect. So why do you think of Thomas Williams? I thought he played extremely well. You start for Wales. It's close. It's very close. I think what Thomas. Thomas Williams' kicking was very good and had as much of an impact as Dan Biggers did. Um, there was something else as well, mate, which cost South Africa dearly. Go on. Well, the Razzie Erasmus, Coach Ray Dowdy, made some crazy substitutions. Mm. Took off Mark and Max, who was having a great game. Yeah. And took off others. Marks was a strange one. Yeah, um, you know, he's, in a, he's playing really well up to the minute he got taken off. Yeah, and he took off others who were playing well, and he actually weakened their team. You know, uh, we, and the, you know the Mark one was so weird. It was almost as if maybe he wasn't, maybe he was blowing. He had he had treatment earlier in the game. Maybe there was an issue there, but it was a bit of a strange one to see him go off that early. Um, but you know, on a similar theme with Gatlin, he changed the front row quite early, yeah. and I think yeah. that needed to happen as well. So I think his substitutions with it today were absolutely spot on. Um, and the scrum was still under pressure, mind you. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But even also, yeah, Africa weakened their scrum because they took off their pro- yeah, kicks off as well. And Malin in the loose, that everyone was having to go through a lot of work today. Yeah. Wales absorbed so much pressure, and obviously the front row will feel that a little bit more than other positions. And mm-hmm. fresh legs were needed there at the right time. I thought Rob Evans did all right when he came on yeah, as well. To be player. fair, um, he got in amongst it. Um, I think it was Etzebeth as well that he he gave a little bit too when they were handbags in the second half, which again, you know. You know, it, it, it's something nice to see a player's got a bit of edge about them. Um, so yeah, I think Gatlin deserves credit for the way he used his bench today. Hi, I'm Blue. You know, we elephants are the best parents in the animal kingdom. That's why family fostering partners chose me as their mascot. There are plenty of children in this area who really need a good foster home. So I'm helping recruit people from all walks of life to become foster carers. 
Can you help give these kids a better future? You can take the first step by visiting our website, familyfosteringpartners.co.uk. Care for the future. Touched on it there briefly with Thomas Williams' kick-in. Um, mm. And it's probably it's an area that I think a lot of fans get frustrated with with this current Wales team. Mm. That's that's the box kicking. Yeah. What, what do we make of that tactic? Because well, the tactic's fine if the kicking's good. It, yeah, seemed, it, seems exactly. a bit, it seemed a bit aimless today. Gareth Davis was finding Cheslin Colby in more space than you'd ever care oh, to Gareth, get. Gareth Davis is not a great box kicker. No. As simple as that. He's not the most accurate of box kickers. Reese Webb is a is a, a pretty accurate box kicker, though he's had to work hard at it over the um, over the years. But uh, you know, you've got you know if you're box kicking, especially if you're kicking for the right wing, no. your right wing, that's the best box kick, kick of all. Really, the ball should be coming down with the right wing there as well. Though of course, he right wing would have to be careful because it's about challenging for the ball in the air. Yeah. But you know yeah. that's the ideal box kick. And uh, you know people like I know I'm going back along you know like Robert Jones for example our older listeners would know of or Gareth Edwards or whatever Terry Holmes well, David Bishop were masters absolute masters of the box kick and that's one thing that still continues to uh, uh, astonish me in this professional game is in the amateur days the kickers whether they were scrum halves or else enough tactically were much better and much more accurate with those old balls than they are today <laughs> Simple as like I give you an example, Gaz Davis, chairman of the WIU, fantastic kicker mm. out of hand, far more accurate now, yet he was an amateur. Yeah, Andy's Andy's at the nail on the head in terms of it being, you know, it's a good good uh, tactic if it's good kicking. Um I think they've used Nor- George North's come on in the air a lot. Uh, he had a good game in the air today. Yeah, I've noticed him in the autumn they use him a lot. Um he gets after kicks and taps it back. Um, he's a tapper back man. He's not really a catcher. Uh, yeah, I think they were a few. That's probably defence, and that's probably just the more safer way to go up in the air yeah. these days. With the sort of the only trouble is with a tap down, the ball can bounce anywhere. Yeah, someone's arms. But and if, they you, can be if, away you go, if you go if you go up with two arms open, hmm. well, you catch a ball, no? Yeah, but you're also who's the best catcher? If someone, if someone comes up slightly higher than you, you know, you're not a million miles away from taking them out in the air. And, the way no. the way the aerial battles are going at this point. Well, the best person in the year in Wales, Welsh rugby, that sort of thing, arms and ears, Tom Brady. Simple as that. He's like a Gaelic footballer. That's, I, it. that's I the way you, like, you don't catch a ball. I, I stand by my my praise for North in that regard. I th- I've seen enough from him this autumn to give him credit there. And yeah, you I see mean, them in the warm ups now. He looks far more assured when they do their high ball drills under the high ball than he has done in the past. Um, the thing, like, like I don't said, worry about any of our back three now yeah, in the year. When he's tapping Batman, you've got someone sweeping behind him. Yeah, it's, it, it's always a, an element of risk in there. Yeah, um, with that. it's an odd shape ball which can bounce anywhere. Yeah, and, and South Africa nearly got away once today. And um, it was it somebody Liam Williams made a great cover tackle on Jesse Creel just as it was there was trouble brewing. Um, but yeah, like you said, if, if they get it right, it's, it's fine. I've got no issue there. And the, the difference that Tom Williams made when he came on though was that his kicks were longer. At a time where Wales, Wales needed field position and needed to get the ball into South Africa's half, because for large parts of that second half, especially the early part, they hadn't really been out of their own half, and that's exactly what was requi- required when he came on. And, and him and Bigger closed the game out brilliantly. Lovely. Right. So um, four four wins out of four for the autumn, nine consecutive wins. Where does this sort of this autumn leave Wales in a in a wider sense of world rugby? Well, he's right up there, aren't he? Yeah, yeah. 
you know, uh, who's the best team in the world at this moment in time? Well, based on the autumn is Ireland. Uh, New Zealand have come back to the. Uh, you know, I think it was the case before that it was the New Zealand were ahead of everybody, and then it was a pack, basically. That, but the standard of that pack now has improved. Hmm. Um, New Zealand, you still have them as favourites of the World Cup because they are New Zealand. They got some top players, some other boys who are out injured. Sam Kane's been a massive loss for them. So they would still be the World Cup favourites, but I don't see any reason whatsoever why a Northern Hemisphere team can't go to Japan and lift that World Cup. And, and you know, and Wales are in with it. Wales are in with it. Wales should make a run to, to the semi-finals. Is this not? The, this is the third autumn in a row where the Northern Hemisphere teams have recorded more wins. Over the southern yeah, southern but teams all, and all that about northern hemisphere, southern hemisphere for the last three years, it's just, all it's just been is media talk. There hasn't been a gap apart from New Zealand. There's been a gap from New Zealand to the rest of the world. Take uh, take them out of it, and there yeah. hasn't been a gap as you just said with, with those results. Mm. You know, it's a bit of a myth, and it's a bit of a myth. It's like don't forget the Lions drew that series in New Zealand, and uh, you know they could have won that series, and. Um, and New Zealand have been in transition ever since. They are rebuilding. So they, they are looking vulnerable. Mm. At the minute, that World Cup next year might be the wrong time for them. It might be the right time for Wales. It might be the right time for Ireland. It might be the right time for England and South Africa. Yeah. You know, Australia are shambles. We saw that again today. There's every possibility, I would suggest, if the Australian Rugby Union, who is skint, can find the money, they will sack Michael Checker. Yeah. So, of course, having a new coach could make a difference. Well, if you're looking at the World Cup, when I was away in Argentina, at that point it became apparent to me that Wales are going to be contenders at the next World Cup. They are mounting something probably special. Like, well, you should be quietly confident with where Wales are, and you know it's not something that you'd be too keen to come out and say publicly, yeah. but quietly confident about where Wales are right now, and that's exactly how they want to be perceived. Um, you know, you've heard Gatlin say it. No, they don't want hype, but you know, they, unfortunately, with wins, does that hype does come? Um, but to answer your point about the, the world rankings, it's difficult, right? Because, like you said, Ireland are probably the best team in the world right now. But if you put them on a pitch for 80 minutes with Wales, by and large, in the past few years, Wales have found ways to win against Ireland. And and it's all, you know, when you come to the top level, the margins are so small. Like like you said, New Zealand have been by far and away the best side in the world for the last, like, what, eight years, something like that. But, and like England, for example had a good autumn but if you put them on a pitch with Wales that goes out the window and it, and it becomes more of a there and then kind of situation like, would you back Wales to beat England now? yeah <sighs> yeah I would well you I would right but you could right you say I that though but, anyway. yeah it's a great point but could Wales have done to Australia what England did to Australia? no but Wales still beat no out. exactly but that's, yeah, but that's what I'm saying the because you, you have, you have different records against different teams yeah. mm. Wales wouldn't have done that to Australia because it's, there's been this hoodoo for the last decade and they've got over that now so next time they play each other which is going to be at the World Cup who knows what's going to happen but you know whilst the rankings are good in many ways for getting a, a sort of basis for where everybody is it doesn't always tell the whole story when it comes down to just two teams on a pitch yeah, don't forget the World Cups the teams will have you know there'll be players who are not involved at the minute who'll come back yeah. in and all like Argentina they'll boast to their team now by picking all their foreign, foreign based players which they haven't been doing mm. so all of a sudden then they become a different proposition of course, I think the, the interesting thing, perhaps, at the World Cup is who Wales are going to face in the quarterfinals. Am I yeah, right in yeah. saying it's New Zealand or South Africa? Um, the draw. Is that right, Ben? I'm you, Ben, you, the Anorak. 
Is that right? I got a feeling England coming. It would have been England, England but I suppose that, no, that, I that, that, would, that would have been on the basis that Australia win the group, yeah. which after this autumn is no longer a given, is it? Well, no, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Before we yeah. beat Australia, you right? Probably so you, if it was going to be, if you think it was going to be England, then that means it's uh, France and Argentina in that same group. So we, uh, but I mean, the way, like you said, the wider point is the the form. Goes out the out the windows in many regards. At that point, World Cup is a unique situation. You could get injuries in that time. You got a thirty-one man squad. That's it, um, and and they they throw up results that you don't really expect. Japan beating South Africa, for example. Um, you know, and like I said, confident that Wales can go into that that next season with um, or next calendar year. Sorry, with with plenty of confidence. But you know, we've got Six Nations to play before that. Answer that question then, Ben. Are you looking in your laptop? Quarter final would be if they if they get runner up, probably England. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they win the group, France or Argentina. Yeah, I wouldn't bank on England winning that group, mate. And then Absolutely, becomes... France are coming force. France is on the way up. Got some really good young players. But I mean, to get to, to make a run to the final, you you know, you got to be so. You ain't you ain't you getting some. through. You ain't no. getting to the knockout no. and finding an easy game. You know, I know it's a cliche, but it's a fact as well. Yeah. And you know, England, France, Argentina. You know, you're not worried about Wales playing anyone now. That's what I'm saying. And and you probably wouldn't have been before the autumn. You know, but you know, like I said, Wales will be quietly confident with where they're going. Um, and and it's a pity, really. Wales are not playing New Zealand next weekend. Yeah. Well, you know, that's one. That's one point. You know, they may not face New Zealand now until later on in the World Cup, but. Yeah, that might be a good thing because you say right, you build up to that one eighty yeah, minutes. Better to play with New Zealand later. You know, cup. say what you know. People Gatlin's had his critics, but he knows how to get teams right. up for the right moments. Ooh, that's, um, yeah, that's the one thing. He, that's the one thing he's always yeah, done for the World exactly. Cup, isn't it? Yeah, you know, he's, he's hey, a very we'll shrewd get, bloke. You know, if, if Warburton hadn't been sent off, and Adam, and more importantly, Adam Jones hadn't been injured early on and gone off against France in a two eleven World Cup, and Wales had won that game, Wales would have won that final against New Zealand. Because New Zealand without on their feet by that stage, mm. and had loads of injuries. They were there for the take. And the final was actually the semi-final between New Zealand and Australia, mm. which was the uh, most intense match of the tournament. And you also feel with had we got to that final, the mental hang-ups that we talk about with certain teams, so sort of Australia always capitulating late on against England, us never getting a win over New Zealand. What, in so that so scenario, in the World Cup, in the late stage of World Cup, yeah. they tend to go out the window yeah, a little bit more, don't they? Because of momentum. Yeah. Which are, well, that's what I mean about playing New Zealand next week. Wales have got momentum by winning nine matches. Yeah. The challenge now is that is they go back to their regions and uh, and they, they've got to try and find a way of keeping that momentum. The players now, I mean, you know, of keeping that momentum and keeping their level of performance high. Um, and going into the Warren Gatlin hasn't got a, a lot of work to do. And they come back in ahead of the Six Nations to get them back up to where they have been the last sort of five or six weeks. Yeah, but you, you know you don't want them peaking now for the next. For the, well, no, that's what I'm saying. You've got to take them back up. It is. You could, yes, yeah. right, you're exactly right. You've got them. They've got to be managed very carefully now. You don't want them. You don't want them trying to get to a level and maintain it as such. And um, you know the players will know that themselves. It's a very experienced crop as well as there are a lot of youngsters in there, but there's a lot of boys in there who've been to a quite a, been to more than one World Cup now, so they'll know exactly what to do with themselves to get themselves up at the right times. And you know it will probably be around like European uh, club rugby, uh, the derbies, and then the Six Nations. You know they, those are the times where players will be trying to peak. 
that's, 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 that's where the new sort of squad depth becomes really useful because granted for the France game Gatlin will probably reward the vast majority of players who play today oh yeah but if you know if, if, if you're Nicky Smith you know that you can have an off day now for the Ospreys because Rob Evans is going to be chomping at the bit and it goes for every player in that squad and the two three four deputies they've got the one, the one player will be back if he's fit for the Six Nations is Falato yeah Absolutely, but the fact that we haven't missed Falato just illustrates Ben's mm. point, doesn't it? Yeah, indeed. Like, let's um, let's take a bit of a sort of uh, nice retrospective look at, at the autumn. I've got a few questions for you. Oh God! Um, Come on in. Here we go. First of all, <laughs> player of the autumn. Um, so we, we could do Welsh player, and then we could do overall. Well, I don't know how much. I don't know how much rugby you've seen. Away from, to, away from the Principality Stadium to be honest do you want to go first? yeah play the order tag furlong and simply should be I how he is not on the short list of world play of the year is beyond me because he's been <laughs> simply yeah, outstanding all the you know on the field he is brilliant he can do everything Pop forward can do everything and he's got a big personality who, who, would, you have him, who would you have instead of him? well I'd have him I, well I'd have him straight away ahead of Bowden Barrett ahead of Johnny Sexton and he'd be top of the list Symbolise it just as you put forward, isn't it? Big cool. That's a problem. I just want to know who you drop out of that five. Well, yeah, well, who's the others on the list, Ben? Uh, Mark, Marks, Yuani, to be fair, hasn't had the. He's, he's scored tries, but he's not been as he should prolific be okay as he was the year last year. Last year. Yeah. yeah, he should have. Yeah. You know, Barrett's been hot and cold. And, uh, yeah, well, the clerk's had a good year, but I don't think he's a tag furlong, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Welsh player? Yep. Of the autumn. Between two players, uh, Tip Rich and Alan Wynne Jones, but I'm going to go for the captain for his inspirational leadership, and he is a player we can't afford to be with uh, without at the World Cup. Yeah, they'll, they'll have to manage him very, very. They are. No, they, they are. are they are. Season. Yeah. He's playing less games for the Ospreys. Yeah, they are. You're right. Yeah. Um, it's a tough one, though. You obviously gravitate towards Tip Rich. Um, he's done obviously done a lot. Two man of the match performances as well. So, you know, speaks volumes, doesn't it? Um, yeah, it's difficult not to to edge towards him. To be honest, yeah, he's just been fantastic. Really, he was under pressure going into this autumn. You know, he hadn't, hadn't played for Wales, and you know, for obviously a good couple of months. And while he was away, um, you had the the younger lads, Alice Jenkins and uh, James Davis, just taking it to another level in Argentina. Um, so you know, he was under a bit of pressure and and had to respond, and you know. <laughs> I think we can all agree that he's done just that. So, yeah, I think Tiprick would be a good shot. you got a wider player of the autumn? Wider player of the autumn. There's been a lot... Of, it depends how you want to judge it, really. I mean, there's a lot of players out there that people can get excited about. But, you know, personally, I'd go an edge towards Sexton as being right up there for performers outside of Wales. Um, you won't make good against Argentina, mate. Yeah. You got outplayed by Nicholas Sanchez, uh, haven't you? You know, anyone who orchestrates a win over the All Blacks... Yeah. It's got a shout in my opinion. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say many players have come to the Principality from other nations. Principality Stadium, obviously, from other nations, uh, have really stood out for me. So Pocock would be the other one. Pocock, yeah, yeah. So. Mm, he, he, he had a good game. He had a good game. Was, I know. Was, like, we talked to him overall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them, you know. Yeah, I think they, Australia missed him at Twickenham. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sexton. Yeah, yeah. I I stick with Sexton. Lovely stuff. Right. Um, find of the autumn. 
Uh, Wainwright. Wainwright? Well, yeah. yeah. Simple. Simple as, isn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, he I, speaks I, himself, as we said earlier. The blo- you know, he was supposed to be playing for Newport RFC last season. <laughs> he ended up not playing a game for him yeah. because the Dragons had injuries. So they were forced to play him. And, uh, and you know, he's a revelation. Quite interesting one. Little story for you boys. Pre-season last season, I spent a day with the Dragons. Bruno Jackman said, go and have a talk to the... Um, so that lad over there, he's going to be a star. There were three lads. It was Max Williams, the lock, and Wales and 20s, Albert Robson, the outside half, and this boy wearing glasses, who I did not know from Adam, which turned out to be Alan Wainwright. Mm-hmm. So I went across, introduced myself uh, to him. I said to him, I said, who are you? He said, Alan Wainwright. I said, what position do you play? He said, oh, flanker. I said, why are you training? He said, oh, I've had concussion. So, uh, so th- I knew Albert Robson anyway. So I had a word with him, but then I spoke to the the player who Jackman said was going to be a star, and he said, "Get in with him." And it was Max Williams, nice. the archaeologist, <laughs> so an archaeology in Cardiff University. So I spent my time talking to Max, who's a great lad, and I'm sure he's going to come on strong at some stage. And uh, Aaron Wainwright is just uh, politely uh, standing there. <laughs> well, here we are, just over twelve months later, and who's starting for Wales now? Aaron Wainwright. Yeah. He's a he's a lovely lad as well. So uh, yeah, really pleased him. Yeah. I think he's got a massive future because he is, a, you know, he's a he's a natural rugby player and a brilliant athlete. Yes, so, difficult yeah. difficult to pick anyone else to be honest. You know, talk about fines. It's difficult because there's not many particularly yeah. new faces yeah. in that squad. I mean. I, no, you could make a case for Anscombe coming on yeah, because Thomas Williams. he's become a credible challenger mm. now. For Adam Beard. The one, I was going to say Adam Beard. Adam I know, Beard. I know he, Is that your choice, know, Yeah, I know he came through in, in the summer. Yeah. But he's shown a different level this autumn. He's shown he can play in big tests. And yeah, he played well in the summer, mate. Mm. You know, against Argentina got four formidable locks, haven't they? Yeah, they are. Today was a big test, obviously, in terms of physicality and his mall defence is is one of the major reasons he's keeping Jake Ball out. Mm -hmm. I think on a a wider front, someone like Joe Coxinaka for England. Yeah, Uh, he's the first one I thought of when when you mentioned the whole thing, you know, England can be very happy with with what they've got coming through there, you know, but they they tend to go through players for fun, don't they? England. I mean, yeah. If, if they give him a run in the side, then you know maybe you'll you'll be a, a star for them in the future. So, you know, but they have got the likes of Noel there, um, Rocky Dagooni as well, Johnny May. John, yeah, Johnny May's probably nailed on on the other wing at yeah. the moment. Yeah. Though, Chris, Chris Ashton's He's, around. Yeah, Ashton's back. Yeah, for them as well. So. You know they've got enough talent to to choose from from, but yeah, Kokanesiga seems like a a, a genuine uh, genuine international player. So yeah, right, um, good for them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Moment of the autumn. Oof. Moment of the autumn. Well, Ireland beating the All Blacks. Simple as. First time they've done it in Dublin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got to be. I'm anybody beats the All Blacks. Big under them. Yes, I mean, it felt different to Chicago as well, didn't it? Chicago was very much a one of those nights where everything goes right. They get the bounce of the mm, ball, and yeah, everything yeah. was just perfect. Everyone's ten out of ten. Mm. That was a test match where you know it just felt like you know Johnny yeah. Sexton didn't have to do miraculous things to to guide them to to a victory. Not everyone had to. They be seemed brilliant. to be in control. Yeah, it just felt like you know it was. It was not a routine win, but it just felt like they didn't have to empty the tank fully. Mm, well, 
Yeah, no, but it just sort of rubber stamped their their win in Chicago, didn't it? You know, it proves it's not a one off, and and it yeah. proves it, you know, it solidifies yeah, their, their uh, sort of uh, you know, and hopefully quality. Wales can do the same as they have against an hemisphere because Ireland broke them, you know, got the monkey off their back a good few years ago now by mm. beating South Africa, by beating Australia. Yeah. Now they beat those regularly. They beat them more than they beat Ireland. And now they've rattled up two wins in the last three games with the All Blacks. They probably got rid of that. And next time they play for the all, face the All Blacks, they're going to be full of confidence, aren't they? With even more belief, mm. because you know that's the big. That's what Wales' problem is against the All Blacks. Is sometimes is the uh, is the power that All Black jersey, or it does the opposition, and to and to the people who wear the the jersey, how it lifts them. Yeah, nothing to add to that. It's got to be uh, got to be Ireland's win over them. I would have thought. Yeah, I suppose Welsh moment would be today, wouldn't it? This was this was the acid test, wasn't it? If we're being honest, yeah, it felt like a felt like a really good win that did. Um, but you you'd be tempted to edge towards a win over Australia though, just because of the significance yeah. of it all. You know, the, the decade long run of defeats. I think it was what like thirteen defeats in a row or something like that. You know, to get that monkey off your back. Uh, Given the fact that we're playing them at the World Cup next year as well, uh, we've already lost to them at the, the last World Cup as well. I know the different circumstances there, but um, yeah, I think uh, I think you can make a case for that. But the win over South Africa was was a proper proper win. Yeah, like like Ireland beating the All Blacks twice in, t- in three years. That's now five wins on six, isn't it? Yeah, the four box. in a row. Incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we didn't beat them till nineteen ninety nine. Uh, you know that uh, that um, superiority the box used to have over us mentally that's gone or shattered which is great so uh, you know it's a start it could be the start of something yeah. special plenty, plenty of positives um, one final thing and I'm sure I'll ask this to, to the Wales Online readers on Facebook tomorrow or something um, sum up the autumn in three words very very satisfying Nice, nice use of the uh, of very <laughs> to bump yourself up there. <laughs> uh, oh, you got to oh, I'd be using expletives otherwise, wouldn't I? So. <laughs> uh, strength, depth, success. Ah, a, diff- a different take on the challenge. Good there. Yeah, fair play. I'll just go nice and simple. Four from four. Ah. There you go. Hey, Matt, hang yeah. on, mate. He's been thinking about this, hasn't he? Yeah, that's why he's asked the question. Yeah, he's definitely. Yeah, because he's had it, he's got it written down. I haven't got that. Huh? No, that's nah. not written down. You can he check. had it ready. He check, had his check, own punchline. Check the tapes. It's mm. like being with John in Medill, yeah? <laughs> Let's talk about England. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's all for the Welsh Rugby Podcast. Um, you can catch all the follow up from the Autumn Internationals uh, on Wales Online. That's it.